This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. You can find us here on YouTube, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. World of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. I want to encourage you right now to subscribe right here on YouTube to this channel. Smash the like button and share a link to our live chat room to everyone you know right there on Facebook. Get them to come on out and tune in and join in the fight against the host of hell. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. Praise the Lord. Brother Gregory, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Hey, doing good. And uh, is my audio coming through okay for you? Yeah, it's coming through great. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Everybody, welcome aboard. I'm very excited to bring back our friend, Evangelist Gregory Ellis. Brother Gregory, what part of the country do you live in? Uh, I live in Lexington, Kentucky, the horse capital of the world. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. I have that's some friends up the, in Kentucky. That's where all the thoroughbreds and uh, all the racehorses, they're all, all the farms are here. So most of them are here. Oh, that's so. awesome. Have you ever been to a Kentucky Derby? Uh, no, but I sure would like to go. I see it on TV, but I would like to go one time. Yeah, me too. It reminds me. I just had a flashback 40 years ago. Maybe it was longer than that, I think, maybe, like 45 I remember um, when I lived in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, they used to have these um, televised uh, horse races that would pop up on TV, and uh, yes. I think they were gambling at the same time, of course. Right. I'm, I'm, yeah, they do that here, too. You yeah. remember that? And uh, Yeah. And there was some type of um, contest, I think, that was tied in to, you had these little tickets with the name of a horse. Was it McDonald's or some grocery store? I can't remember now. But... uh. I would watch him myself to see if I would win. And, um, oh, man, now I'm going to have to really remember what that was all tied into. But I just had that flashback. I haven't probably remembered that in 45 years. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you remember McDonald's you used to have all those type of things, you know. You, you get your quarter pound right. of cheese and you get the little ticket. It might be get enough of them you could win a jackpot of gold and things like that. So. <laughs> okay. 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 Let me get on track to the things of the Lord. Okay. Here we are. Yeah. Um, 
Praise the Lord, folks. You never, never know where a mega man may take you. Well, we're excited to be here, as I mentioned, for a live program. Uh, this will be the only evening program we're doing uh, for the rest of the year. Come January, we're going to a new schedule. We're going to be on uh, two hours in the morning from uh, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, and then we're going to begin to launch a Monday through Friday, three-hour block, 7 to 10 Eastern. Uh, so we should basically have an hour for reading the Word. We'll have uh, three guests today and then open lines. Now, that's the plan, so keep us in prayer, but that will be going to effect January 1. So uh, we do have open lines after the message. If anybody needs prayer at area code 515-602-9734. With that... Um, Brother Gregory, would you like to open us up in prayer? Sure, I sure would. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening for being on Omega Man Radio. We ask you, Lord, to bless Brother Shannon Davis with finances so he can carry on the work that you have directed him to do. Lord, we thank you for touching these people that are listening tonight, wherever they may be hearing it. We ask you, Lord, just to be with them. Touch them, inspire them, encourage them, and give them a hope that you're coming back soon, sooner than we all think. We know, Lord, that you are coming. We ask you to encourage each and every one of us tonight, and we do give you the praise and all the glory for it in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father, for being with us tonight, where it says two or three are gathered together in my name. I'm in the midst of them. So he's in the midst tonight. So whatever you need, if you have a need, you have a desire, whatever you need, an answer from God, he's right here with us, and he will answer your every need. Father, we thank you in Jesus' mighty name, and we'll give you the praise and all the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen is what I have to say. Praise the Lord. Brother Gregory, the mic is yours. Uh, before you bring the word, though, tell people a little bit about yourself and how they can make contact with your ministry. Uh, okay. I am. Uh, uh, I, you can contact me through uh, drgregory60 at gmail.com. Uh, that's my email. I am on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. And I'm on TikTok. I'm on all the platforms under various names, uh, but under Facebook, it's Gregory Ellis. I've been in the ministry for over 30 years in the Healing Miracle Deliverance Ministry. Uh, so now I'm going to be going back and doing this again. I went into uh, what happened um, about four years ago. My wife suddenly passed away on me. And I was going to retire, and I went to, I went into recluse and uh, because I thought I was finished with the ministry. And then in September of this year, I had an encounter with God for three days. They came into my, uh, my living room and spoke to me and told me that he had a mandate that he wanted me to fulfill. And so now I'm on a new assignment uh, to do this uh, mandate, so I have to fulfill it. So now I'm back into the ministry, and I'm just trusting God to open the doors uh, in order for me to follow through on the assignment 
that he wants me to do uh, at Miracle Valley. And so I'm believing him and I'm trusting him 100% of the way. And uh, I'm not going to be like others. I'm not uh, retreating. I am going forward like King Jehoshaphat did, that he went and he went head on into the battle. So I'm head on with the battle of what God has in store for us, and we're, that's what we're going to do. We're going to, uh, uh, you know, go forward on this. Uh, and, uh, you know, when you decide that it was time to give the ministry up, and then when God says, no, the time's not right now because I need you on the field. I need you to be doing, you know, have people or needs to be delivered. Nowadays, more than ever, we have so much demonic going on in the world that it's not recognized in a lot of our churches that, you know, it, they just think it's just something going on, but they don't realize that's a demonic spirit that is really hitting our churches, and they're just sugarcoating the gospel. And God does not want anything to be sugar-coated any longer. He wants the truth. The truth will set you free. Amen. I'm telling you the, uh, the facts. And, of course, you can get me through email. Uh, like I said, Dr. Gregory Ellis, I mean, Dr. Gregory 60 at gmail.com. And then, of course, I'm, uh, like I said, I'm on uh, Facebook and I'm on Instagram and uh, on all those platforms and that's how you can get a hold of me okay fantastic so praise the lord over to you my friend thank you sir okay so i'm ready now yes sir take it away take all the time you oh, okay uh, okay i'm going to talk about vision tonight in habakkuk in the second chapter the and the second and third verses it says write the vision make it plain on tablets that you may run who read it for the vision is yet for an appointed time but the end it will speak and it will not lie though it tarries wait for it because it will surely come if you it will not tarry i'm going to read it in another version just uh, for clarification, it, it, it says in the English Standard Version, which I do not preach from this, but I do use it sometimes. It says, and the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so you may run who reads it. You know, I, when I was reading this a couple weeks ago, the Lord gave me uh, gave me a thought. You know, we've all write our visions out. I don't know who you are or what you do, what what kind of ministry you may be in, but I'm going to tell you a little story tonight here in a few minutes about I wrote a vision out that was five pages long. But I'm, I'm going to tell you that God wants you to write a vision out that, you know, that you can carry it with you wherever you go. It says that whoever may run and read it, you, st- you see, for still, the vision awaits for the appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. It will seem slow, and you have to wait for it, and it will surely come to pass. 
You know, how do we write down a vision? Okay, you know, we're all thinking, wow, we have to write a vision? Yes, we have to dream big. Okay, A.A. Allen, he used to preach on that he had a big God and that he he had to believe big. I'm using A.A. Allen for instance here because I'm believing God for Miracle Valley. I am believing God for all that property out there to be restored uh, to what it was supposed to be used for, for the glory of God, for deliverance. A.A. Uh, a. Allen was a great tent preacher back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and then he passed away in the 70s. But he was a deliverance minister, and he cast out demons every day and every one of his services. So, And we have got away from the deliverance ministry. I mean, there are deliverance ministries out there, but we have sugarcoated the gospel, not me, but others, that have uh, that have compromised the gospel, and because of one thing or another, or greed, and they want, you know, I can tell you stories about uh, men of God that wanted greed, and so they won't preach or they won't cast out the devils because they're afraid they're going to lose their offering. I'm telling you, I'd rather see a person delivered by the power of God than living under that demon or that witchcraft or that voodoo or that hex that so many are living under today's society. You know, we need to get back to the old landmark. There's an old song that says, come back to the old landmark. And I think Nancy Harmon used to sing that song. And I'm telling you, we all need to get back to where the old landmark is and follow the procedures though how God did. I mean, Jesus walked this earth, and did he not cast out devils? This is not really my sermon tonight because I'm trying to stay on uh, on on the vision. But I wanted to deal with this about this demonic uh, that's going on in the earth that people are not even recognizing it that they just sugarcoat or they see it, but they say, I don't want nothing to do with it. I'm telling you, if Jesus, that he was our uh, example on this earth, if he cast out devils, if he did all of these things, it was an example to the rest of us that we need to be doing these things. I know that it's not popular. I know that people don't like it. I know people... But I'm not here to please man. I'm here to please God. Whatever God says to do, I'm going to do it. If you come under the tent, when I had my big gospel tent up that say over 500 people, and people would come under that tent, and I don't care if they had a demon in they're going to be delivered because that's what they come there for. They want to be delivered from that demon, that demonic power that has overshadowed them, overtaken them, have taken their lives, taken their family, taken everything they own. You have to know that the uh, these people that are demon-possessed that are running around this earth, do you realize today that we live in, in America, not only America, but it's across the world, that uh, the the spirit of murder, 
because everywhere you read, everywhere you see, whatever you see on television, on the news, that somebody is shooting somebody, somebody's getting killed, that is a demonic spirit that needs to be delivered from these people. And it's going to take us, it's going to take godly, divine men of God and women of God to cast these spirits out. For that murder spirit is running rapid across America, not only here, but every country of the world. And I didn't mean to get on this. I'm trying to stay on on my topic tonight on vision, but this is just uh, the Holy Spirit is just taking me over on this about the the, the demonic uh, uh, atmosphere that's going on in the world. We need to take hold of it. We need to get to the horns of the altar and start praying even more about people being delivered. Yes, when they come under that tent, you know, they come under to see God move. They come under, you see, God uses miracles, signs, and wonders to bring them in as a calling card. He does it for a purpose. He does it because they, uh, they, uh, they want to know. Wow, I like to go see how the blinded eyes are open or that deaf ears are unstopped or that lady that has cancer. Uh, I remember one time under the tent, they had a, uh, this woman came under the tent. She had a goiter on her neck, was as big as a softball. And, uh, when she come under, she says, I'm, I came tonight because I was believing God to heal me because I didn't like this big growth on my neck and I said do you believe that Jesus can heal you she said yes I believe that goiter fell off of that side of her neck and uh, of course she shouted up but then there was someone else that was a voodoo doctor came under the tent and saw the goiter leave and he ran to the altar this not normally happens this way but he ran to the altar gave his heart to Christ, and he said, can I get that power? It reminds me in the uh, New Testament where Simeon, uh, where uh, Paul was uh, praying for the sick and, and praying and the power, and there was a man there practicing witchcraft, and he wanted that power. He wanted to buy the, the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not going to happen that way. you got to be uh, dedicated to God. And you gotta be, you know, sanctified, holiness. You gotta, uh, to consecrate yourself before the Lord because, and then God can use you immensely. So this, uh, doctor, he come under, which doctor? He gave his heart to Christ. He got filled with the Spirit and God start using him. Not, uh, not all the way because he, he needed to learn a lot of things about the Spirit of the living God because he was in the dark ages. But he did get delivered that night. You see, that's why God uses signs and wonders. He, that is a calling card that he uses that he brings people in. You see, a lot of people are curious. And nowadays, we don't see as many miracles as we used to. There used to be miracles that be on every street corner. And just uh, recently, I think a couple days ago, in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, a man was out preaching on the street corner uh, in Phoenix at a Pentecostal church, and he got shot in the head. And so I'd be praying for that family. 
I mean, he's done it for years, and he's a, a he's a, some kind of director at this particular Pentecostal church that I got an email to be praying for him uh, from Phoenix, Arizona. This is the state that I'm moving to. This is the state where I'm going to be going down and doing what God wants me to do in this area. Well, not in that area, but in Miracle Valley. But you see that we need to be praying. We need to be fasting. We need to do whatever we can to in order for these people to be delivered from these power of the enemy, of the devil. I believe I have told this story before. I'm not sure on this broadcast, but I have told this story before that of a Satan priest that Eve didn't even know he was married, didn't know he had kids, and when he was delivered, uh, it took some time because I had walking pneumonia that night, and when I went to his house, uh, it took me a couple hours to cast that devil out because I, like I said, I had a 104 temperature. I was weak in my body, but God still used me. He still called me. He says, I need you to go, and I need you to take care of this. And, and all these other pastors come running out of the house said, you don't want to go in there. He'll kill you. I said, I'm going in no matter what because God said to be here and he's going to be delivered before I leave this house. And, of course, he was delivered and his wife was delivered and his young son was delivered too. They were all delivered. You see, Jesus went about doing good across the face of the earth. And that's what the example that he has given us to do. We are supposed to go out and cast out the devils. We're supposed to go lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We're supposed to do what Jesus did because he set an example for all of us, even all the children of God, to do these works of, of the Lord. And that's what we're going to do. And so I'm believing God in this Miracle Valley where we're going to restore the tabernacle. And I'm believing God for the money in order to put that bid in. It's a vision that God has given me. So I'm going to fulfill that vision that he has told me. I'm not going on somebody else's anointing. I'm not going on nobody else's anointing but God's anointing. You see, I know that Alan is dead, and he's already gone home to be with the Lord, and I'm not falling on somebody else's anointing. And that's what you have to do. You have to be on the anointing that God has placed in your life. And it has to be a strong anointing in order to follow through. History that in at Miracle Valley was a place of deliverance. It was a place of healing. It was a place for miracles to happen. And and it takes a strong person, a strong person that has a strong anointing in order to carry the load of that area. We're not worshiping the ground. We're not worshiping anything of it. God created this area many, many thousands and thousands of years ago. And so I did not ask for Miracle Valley. I didn't ask him for to give me Miracle Valley. I, you know, I was going to go to Florida 
and enjoy the sun and the water because I enjoy being around water. But then when he changed my plans, he says, I want you to go to Miracle Valley. You're going to restore the tabernacle. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And you're going to do it all. And then, then God dropped in my, uh, my, in my spirit. So I start studying a little bit about Alan and uh, what he done there. Cause I had no idea that they had healing rooms and it was called the pool, but says the building. I had no idea that they used that building like, uh, uh, uh John, um, I can't think of his last name right now, but he started the healing rooms where people would come in and pray for the sick, the incurable, they, they claim incurable, and they'd pray for them. And I had no idea that this uh, pool Bethesda building was used for that purpose. So we want to open that up again, just like what Alan done there, but in, in a greater aspect. And then God spoke to me, and Tommy said that Alan had many farms. He had sustainable food. So now I was given an opportunity now, and I'm waiting for God to do whatever he has to do here, to bring the sustainable farm in place so we can give back. Alan gave to the community a Miracle Valley. He gave to people, and this is what we're going to do that we're going to give back to the community. Now, I didn't ask to do this. This was given to me. When God spoke to me and pointed his finger at me in this living room that I'm at right now, he pointed his finger and said these very words. He says, all heaven is backing you up. And that's all that I needed to hear from him. It was unexpectedly I wasn't expecting this to happen. I was, like I said, I was getting ready to retire. I was getting ready to take my uh, 17-year-old son and go to Florida. But God changed my plans. He changed my vision. He changed everything about what he wanted me to do. And that's what he will do with you, with, this, with your vision. you got to dream big, not small, but big. And you got to focus on success. Just like King Jehoshaphat, he put his praisers out front and he started praising God and he won the battle. So you got to have success. You got to believe in success. You use the present tense in a vision. You use con- uh, clear, concise, jargon free language. This is writing your vision out. You infuse it with passion. Make it inspiring. So when people would read it, it will be exciting to them. You align it with your ministry or your business. Values and goals. So if you have a goal, this is what you have to do. So I'm rewriting my vision now. Because I, like I said, in 1990, I wrote a five-page a vision, and I'm going to share it here in just a minute. You may be asking, what does the power of writing down a vision? Why? Why do it? You know, why should you do it? It creates a record 
to remember something important. So when you write stuff, you remember it, don't you? You remember stuff. When I write scriptures down, I'm remembering it. Well, in 1990, I wrote this five-page vision. And I went to church that day, and my pastor told me, I told him part of the vision was that I wanted to go to the nations of the world and to win them to the Lord. And he told me that was impossible. But in the book of Psalms, it says that he will give us the inheritance of the nations of the world. And I told him, well, the word says it, and I'm going to believe it. So at that time, in 1990, I wrote this five-page vision out for the ministry. At the time, in 1990, I was an overseer for an orphanage in Sierra Leone, uh, uh, West Africa. Uh, that was a time that the Civil War had broke out and atrocities where they were cutting off people's hands and arms and legs and because the diamond mines were there. So I was, I was so involved in that and including, uh, I was also involved with United Nations with some of the, the biggest ambassadors and of the, uh, from Africa. So I was, I got away from my vision because I got involved in so many things of the Civil War trying to maintain this orphanage in Sierra Leone that that was under attack uh, and people was under attack there. So I kind of lost hope, uh, lost, you know, not able to, uh, to uh, stay focused on that vision. And uh, that's why I'm telling this, that when you sit down and write out a vision, you know, stay focused with it. Yeah, like I said, I was with uh, with United Nations. I had uh, I was with diplomatics, and then uh, when the pastor said I couldn't win the nations of the world, I told him I said I'm going to do it one way or the other. And then he just looks at me and gives me a funny look. And you know, a vision it serves as a guide map to the road ahead. Writing your vision is also submitting to the power and the voice of God to fulfill it. What does the Bible mean when it says, write the vision and make it plain? And this means that God can give us a vision, a goal, a revelation that will advance the kingdom of our personal walk with him. And we can write this vision down. And make it plain so that those who read it can uh, run with it. Uh, it's an action that happens. Uh, what, you know, this action, when a person reads it, they're going to take action of some sort. Well, when I was thinking about this, this is what the Lord told me. He says, I want you to write a vision. I want you to put, uh, write it out. And when you write it out, I want you to give it away. I want you to spread it out. I want you to publicize it. And then I asked him, I said, well, how in the world do I publicize my vision? He says, there's many platforms that you can use. You can use Lincoln. I'm on Lincoln. You can use Facebook. You can use Reddit. You can use Google. You can use Instagram. You can use TikTok. You can use YouTube. 
uh, podcasting. Uh, you can use Telegram. You can use WhatsApp, the WhatsApp uh, app. Or you can use TV and radio platforms like what we're on tonight. Uh, this is uh, Internet radio. You can use all kinds of platforms. When in 1990, that's when the Internet just started. So we didn't have all these platforms that you could share your vision with. The more people that you share your vision, they will get on board with you. You see, you must take action. Action is where you got to do something. You are involved in do, getting something working. You can't just sit around thinking that your ship is going to come in. Action is like faith. Faith without action is dead. Hallelujah. Do I get an amen tonight on that? Amen. Faith is an action. Amen. So you've got to continue with this action in place. You share as many people as you can, uh, people that believe in you, people that knows you, people they don't have to know you. They can know you on Facebook. But the more people you share your vision with, the more they'll run with it and help you and encourage you. And build on that. You have to take action. Hallelujah. You have to take it. A written vision plan empowers you to construct and clarify your life. It gives you correct direction and coordinates to follow. Creating a written personal vision will help you to identify your values, your goals, and your desires. Keep a clear vision. Even in the just a few sentences, a vision statement provides a lot of value. Not only does it outline your personal desire outcome, but it can communicate intentions and hopes for the future. The best part is that a vision statement changes with your desires. You see what I've done in the 90s, I'm going to be doing now. It kind of changed because I'm not doing the orphanage anymore in Sierra Leone. Uh, and I'm not uh, connected with the United Nations like I was with, uh, with the diplomatics. So God has got me where he wants me at so I can do the work that he's called me to do. Okay, so when a vision is reached or updated, the time to create a new vision statement. This encourages everyone towards greater goals. It opens you and your ministries to more possibilities. Now, you know, and I know that I'm trusting God all the way, just like the rest of you. I am believing by faith. I live by faith. I have to trust God for every dime that comes in. I have to believe him. And you know, faith, if you don't have faith, you have nothing. You see, to please God, in Hebrews eleven six, he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Praise God. You must be able to trust him in every step of the way. And, you know, we have such an instant 
where we can drive through a drive through and get a hamburger in two minutes. Or we have a, some of us have microwaves where, you know, my kids, they go, they want to put a pizza in. I'm on a strict diet, but I eat a lot of vegetables. And so, but they don't, I can't get them to eat the vegetables. So they'll pop in a, a pizza or they'll whatever, you know, something fattening for them. But for me, I eat a very healthy diet because I have a lot that I want to do and I want to have that energy. How do you write a godly vision? The personal vision statement should be written down. So, yeah, you got to get your pen, you got to get your journal or get your paper or get your laptop out, get it all uh, Microsoft Word. Uh, You should have no more than a couple sentences at first until God gives you what to write. Okay, and then when he gives you the plan, then you got to write it down and you got to write it for detail per detail. He wants you to write it all out because when you write it out, it it, it becomes life to you. Okay, Uh, able to recite it by memory. Okay, and a unique description uh, of who you are in Christ. And you ha- this has to be understood even for a child of 12 years old. So if you are uh, antithetical or if you use big words, that modify those words down that a 12-year-old child can understand. Because when you share this vision, you're going to share it with young people. You're going to share it with old people. You're going to share it with business people. You're going to share it with every walk of life person. And they must be able to comprehend. They must be able to understand. They must be knowing what your vision is. You see, people will perish if there's no vision. They will perish from this earth because there's no vision. Vision has to be. Because this is what the word says, to write it down. Okay, a statement that creates priorities. Write down your priorities, what you want, how you want to do this. A statement that produces a plan of action. So you got to write it down. Uh, When I had my five-page vision that I wrote out, that I can remember. I gave one to the secretary. I gave one to uh, every one of my corporate head that in the ministry, they got one. And they looked at me and said, really? You want me to read five pages? I said, that's what my vision is. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to give back to this area. And part of my vision at that time was I wanted to be a philanthropist for God, just like Abraham was, that he gave back. He he didn't have to borrow from the bank. He didn't have to go out and get a loan. He gave. He God blessed him so much that he was able to give to others. And that was part of my vision, that I wanted to be a philanthropist for the kingdom of God, that I was able to give to others, give to other ministries, be able to do all these things 
that I wanted to do for God because that's what I wanted to do to give back. And when these people would read it, they said, are you for real? I said, yes, I'm telling you, this is what I really wanted to do in my life. I wanted to give back. My family, when I was growing up, my parents sent me to Cleveland, Ohio, to the projects. I had no idea. I, you know, I came from a, a, a home that didn't know anything about the projects. And I worked in the projects one summer because my parents wanted me to know how to give back to the community. Even though I lived in a small town in Ohio, uh, far from Cleveland, Ohio, uh, many miles, so like two or 300 miles, uh, maybe 200 miles, uh, I lived near Dayton, Ohio, and I, you know, my parents took me to Cleveland, Ohio, to the projects. And, I mean, that was a culture shock myself, you know. I was just a young teenager, but they taught me to give back. And that's why I, I, I did this vision, because I was instilled in me to be able to give back to others. And that's what I wanted to do. And so I wrote this out, and they all were flabbergasted uh, because it was so many pages. But make it short. Make it interesting. And dream big, like Alan says. You know, we have a big God, and nothing's impossible with him. So, you know, and when you have your back against the wall, and you say, well, you know, he wants you to dream big. He wants you to have big dreams about your ministry. He wants you to have these things so he can bless you and he can multiply it and he can bring you to the forefront. You see, he's not looking for just mundane people. He's looking for people that have faith in God and have believe that Almighty God can do all things in which he can. If he can give the children of Israel 40 years without changing their shoes, without changing their clothes that didn't wear out, do you not think that he can do anything in your ministry or your vision that you write down tonight? You're going to write down this vision, and you're going to run with it, and you're going to tell people. You, The more people you tell, more people are going to get on the bandwagon on your ministry. I'm telling you, that's the way it goes. You tell people. You ed- you educate people. You tell people wherever you're going. Yeah, I'm believing God for this. Yeah, people are going to laugh at you. Yeah, but who cares? Because, you know, you're going to please the Lord. You're going to please him. Uh, forget about man. Man don't have nothing but what God has. In Daniel 10, uh, 13 and 14, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. And for I had been left alone there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter day. For the vision refers to many days yet to come. And he has a vision for you. He wants to improve. He wants to build. He wants to build on your vision. 
not to ever give up. I don't care what the inflation is. I don't care what uh, what's going on in the world. God has it all. Whatever he says, he will do. He's not a man that he should lie. If he tells you he's going to do it, he's going to do it. I'm telling you, he is not a man that he will lie. He What he says he will do, he will do it. you got to stand up. you got to have guts. you got to have nerve that stand up and stand up in the devil's eyes and you tell him to get out, rebuke him, tell him to leave now in the name of Jesus. It's not time for you to give up on that divine vision that God has purposely put in your life. It's not time to give up. I just read the other day I uh, uh, that or no, I was just told the other day that Amazon, they own fresh market or fresh uh, whole foods here in America, that you're going to have to have a microchip in your hand in order to buy their foods, their organic food. You see, we're coming to the end of the, uh, of the ages. So we need to be about our father's business. I'm not concerned about that because God already spoke to me to have a sustainable farm to grow greens and vegetables and things like that. And he gave me the piece of property to do it at Miracle Valley, just down the street from the Bible College, and which that's what I'm going to do. I mean, God has already set me in place where he wants me to be at. Yeah, the desert, I'm a city slicker. I've lived in the city all my life. Now he's going to take me to the desert, you know, like Moses was going into the desert. He went into the desert for 40-some years, and then God brought him back out to deliver his people. I'm not saying I'm going to deliver my people, but I'm going to do what God told me to do. Whatever he wants done, it's going to be done. And deliverance is one of those issues that we're not seeing as we should be seeing in this world. There's a lot of myth, uh, uh, myth, uh, 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 things going on where people, um, you know, do controlling. They can try to control you in services. Uh, they do things they should not be doing. You know, uh, I'm going to say this. I don't mean to step on your toes, but if you are hearing this for the first time, I'm just saying it, that the truth will set you free. It is not. I believe that it's not it's wrong to get up in the pulpit and ask for an offering 27 times that it's not good enough or it's not enough. You see, God will supply the need. He will bring the money in. It is not scriptural to get in the platform and get up there and take a 27-time 20, offering or take a five uh, uh, that you didn't get enough money in the offering. Where is your faith at? Where is your trust in God at? That is just pure the devil because of, you know, manipulating you on these situations. Praise God. I'm just telling you that I feel like that is wrong. It's nowhere in the Bible. You didn't see Jesus get up there and ask for, uh, you know, offerings 27 times, come on, give me a break. You know, it's all about trusting God. 
He will supply your every need. Come on. We live in a day and age that we need to control that spirit that uh, the living God is here. And I'm telling you, I am so excited what God is doing. It's time for you to give up on, and it's time for not to give up on that divine vision that God has purposely put in your life. Yes, I realize that right, wait, the waiting game is not easy. I'm waiting on God right now. I'm waiting on him to manifest the finances to uh, buy the farm, uh, the Miracle Valley farm there. I'm believing God to give me the money to do the uh, to do the bid in September of 2024. I'm going to, you know, co-partner with some other ministries that will come together that has a deliverance ministry too, that we can all work together as one team. Yes, I believe in unity of the brothers. I believe that that's where the unity, that's where the strength is at, and I believe that we all can work together as unity, as brothers and sisters in the Lord, and not be in competition, as so many do think that there is, and they're in competition with one another. So I'm believing that. I'm believing that we can work together in Miracle Valley. Here in America, like I said, microwave, that we can have instant this, instant that. This is something that you have to wait on. This is something you have to trust God. We must have endurance to carry on till the vision comes to fruition. In Hebrews 12:1, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. In the Webster Dictionary, it says, that endurance it means to the ability to withstand hardship and adversity or stress. Yes, we have stress in, the, in America. I don't care where you live at. You can live in France. You can live in London. You can live in Bali. You can live in Indonesia. There's stress everywhere. And so we got to learn how to have endurance in these last days. Hallelujah. You must try to concentrate uh, our focus on Jesus instead of the stress that you may be encountering. Right now, some of you are encountering the stress. You know, you're fretful. Well, Lord, when are you going to do it? Do you, did you write your vision out? Did you, do you say it every day? You say your vision every day because it's an important fact in your life. That, that so it will come about. You know, the Bible says in the book, is, in Proverbs, it says, the fruit of your lips you create. Uh, Charles Cap used to say, used to teach this, that whatever you say with your mouth, it will be created. So when you read your vision on a daily basis, and when you read a daily basis, and when you read it out loud, your ears hears it, and you create what you're saying, because that's what the word says. The fruit of your lips, you create it. You create it. So if you're going to create something, create it for the positive, for the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. In Hebrews 12, 2, looking into Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Also in Hebrews 13, 6, so we may boldly uh, say, 
The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? He can't do nothing to you. You're covered by the blood of the Lamb, those that are saved, those that are born again, those that are living and walking and breathing, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, those that are, uh, uh, those that need to be saved or are on the wayside, they're the ones that needs to have, you know, there might be in, in trouble. So we must be able to submit to God according to James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. In verse 8, it says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. In verse 10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. So when you write this vision this week, I know that this week is going to be Thanksgiving. Many of you will be around a Thanksgiving table and giving thanks and gratitude to the Lord. So remember that write your vision. Make it plain that even a 12-year-old can understand it. Or I'll tell you what, if you have children at home, write it out and let your kids see if they can siphon out your vision. If they can understand it, then you're perfect on that vision. As a 12-year-old, you know, if they can understand what you want to do, what you want to accomplish, then you got it made. If they do not and they're hesitant, I don't understand it, then you got to go back and, you know, tweak it a little bit. You might have to take a few little words out. You might have to uh, bring those words down to their level so you can understand it. You see, God wants you to use all these different platforms that is available to us today. We didn't have Reddit back in 1990. We didn't have all these platforms. Uh, like I said, the Internet didn't come along. I believe it was in 1990 when they it came along, uh, you know, that we uh, used. I think I got my first computer in 1990 uh, when the Internet started. But we have so many resources today that you can spread your vision and share with people. And, yes, people are going to laugh at you. Yes, people are going to smirk at you. You know, they may persecute you over what you believe. But this is what you need to do is just keep on marching forward. Just keep on because there will be somebody out there that want to get behind you and will give you the money to help you do your vision. Whatever that may be, you see, you got to share your vision. You can't keep it hidden under a bushel, uh, under a basket. You got to tell the world. You got to get up on that mountaintop and spread it to the whole world. You got to tell people how they're going to know, how they're going to know what you want to do in your life. How will they know about your vision, that your ministry, if you never tell them, if you don't tell them, uh, and uh, and uh, that's why you see uh, you see a lot of businesses they make a uh, a statement a faith statement or a uh, vision statement that they're you know like McDonald's they want to be the uh, the best hamburger or and Disney wants to be the happiest place on earth they make a statement that uh, that little logo that it will transpire all over the world. You see, that's what God wants to do for you. 
He wants you to make a statement, and then he wants you to follow through on it and tell everyone you know, even if you don't even know them. You get on a train. You get on a plane. You get on a, a, a whatever, a boat, yeah, whatever. If you come over by a seaplane, uh, if you're on a canoe, you tell people. The more people you tell, it, 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 uh, it, what it does, it publicizes. And more people get to know, they'll get on board with your vision. But if you hide it and not say nothing, then your vision will never come to pass. You see, you got to tell people. You got to publicize it. You got to tell people everywhere you go. If you run in somebody in a restaurant, if you're eating Chinese, if you're eating Japanese, if you're eating whatever culture of food you're eating, and you run into somebody, hey, I want to tell you about my vision. You just tell them what it is. You don't, you know, two or three sentences. Hey, I'm believing that we're going to do this. And the more people that hears your vision, it will grow on them. And they're going to go home and think about it and say, you know what? I think I'm going to uh, get on and I'm going to help uh, Shannon with Omega Man Radio to expand his uh, his broadcast reach to more people. I think that's what I'm going to do. I've heard his statement, his uh, and his vision that he wants to expand. Let's help him. We've got the extra money. Let's put it in his ministry. I'm telling you, this is what it's all about, folks. This is what it's all about by helping one another, helping our brothers and sisters that has a vision that wants to go forth into the kingdom of God. We need to, we need to uh, be able to reach the um, people lost. We need to reach people that needs to be saved, healed, delivered, set free. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Right now, we need to do this. You need to write down your vision tonight. Tonight, you need to do it tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we must be able to submit to God according to James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And it says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Okay, in James five thirteen and 14, is anyone among you suffering? Okay, I've already been talking about suffering, people that are sick. You know, there's so many diseases in the world right now. It's caused from uh, the food we eat, the preservatives that are in our, in our foods. Uh, I'm going to tell this story because I can tell because it happened to me. I, when I first got married back in the 79, uh, I worked in a pork belly. Uh, I worked in a bacon processing plant in Dayton, Ohio. And uh, I was working in this uh, processing and pickling got down in my boot. It ate the flesh off of my uh, ankle. And I had third-degree burns on my hands and on my ankles. I could only work three days, and I had to quit because the burn was so bad. You know that preservatives that ate the flesh off of my uh, ankle, in which I do have a scar today, and, and, and which I'll have it for the rest 
of my life where it ate the flesh off. Do you know that those preservatives, that they preserve those pork bellies, they go, it, we digest that. And it, it, what the, it did to my skin, on the outward skin, what do you think is doing to your body inside of you? Why do you think we there's so much cancel, cancer in the world or leukemia or all these other different weird diseases that are happening? It's from our food source that we eat. It's where we eat uh, food that has preservatives in it. And so this is why there's so many people suffering. And what I'm trying to get at here that we need to eat more healthier, you know, uh, eat, you know, more greens, more microgreens. I love vegetables. Uh, and eat more things that are more healthier for us in order to live a long life. You know, it says to let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. And anyone among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over and anointing him with oil in the in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sin, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses one to another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Right now, in the Spirit of God, is show me several people that has been put under a spell, uh, you uh, a spell uh, from a witch and voodoo doctors. I break that curse right now. I break that hex that's on this person right now. I break that spell, that evil wish that's been wished on you. I break that spirit. Now, in the name of Jesus, I command that spirit of witchcraft to loose now and go back to the lake of fire. I command every voodoo spirit that's tormenting God's people, I command you to leave now. I used to live in New Orleans, Louisiana, and uh, this voodoo doctor would come to our meeting. And he would sit in the back. There was two of them, one on both sides. And one night he decides he was going to come down and try to take the service over. Well, of course, uh, well, we had our big tent up. When you have a big gospel tent up, every kind of person you could think of would come under it. Ku Klux Klan, the mafia, you name it, they were, they came. So anyway, these two voodoo doctors came under the tent, and I observed them, and I kind of laughed and chuckled. I was just chuckling because I knew they were going to get delivered. I knew it. I knew it, but they didn't know the, the power of the Holy Ghost was going to be on them and that they were going to give it up and give up that spirit because they used those spells in order to hex people to give them money. And they were very prominent. They drove real nice, fancy cars. And uh, so anyway, the first one come down, and he said to me, he says, I want the power you got. I said, the only way you get that is you got to get saved. 
and you got to give up all this stuff that you're doing. He said, I'll never give it up. I said, then you can't get saved. And so all of a sudden, the power of God hit him. He landed on his face before me, and he screamed out. He said, let me up, let me up, let me up. I said, I'm not touching you. It's the finger of God that's got you pinned to the floor, uh, pinned to the ground. And he says, well, let me, let, tell God to let me up. I said, no, he's not going to let you up till you give your heart to Christ. And then you're going to get delivered. And he cried and boo-hooed. And I mean, he wailed for a, a, for a time, for about 20 minutes. And I started laughing. I started laughing because I knew that he was going to be delivered. And so I laughed a little bit more and I went and I prayed with uh, a lady that, uh, that had a thyroid gland uh, problem, and she was totally healed. I come back, and he was screaming like a baby. I mean, a growing man in his 50s uh, crying like a baby. And I said, are you ready to be delivered? He says, no, I'm I'm not going to be delivered. I said, yes, you are, right now in the name of Jesus. And then he screamed, don't say that name, in the name of Jesus. And every time I said, in the name of Jesus, he would tell me, no, don't tell, I don't want to hear that name. You see, in the name of Jesus has power on earth as in heaven. In the name of Jesus, every demon uh, is shaped. Every demon has to listen to the power of God. Every demon has to come out in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I command every hex. I command every voodoo spirit. I command anybody's being tormented tonight in the name of Jesus. Come out in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That man was delivered and he he's set free and he's preaching the gospel today. Deliverance. Because Jesus did it. We must do what Jesus did. He set us as an example. It's in my vision. It is in what I write down that I want to be able to cast out devils and lay hands on the sick that they will recover. I want to see created miracles, the dead to be raised up. And I'm telling you, I've seen it. I've been in it. I saw it firsthand. And I know it's going to happen again because the that God said to me the other, uh, in September, that when this happens, that all these miracles are going to come and manifest again because we're living in these last days, that the best wine that Jesus has held on to, that it will be for all of us, all of us children of God, because he is not finished with us yet, because the greatest miracles are going to happen, the greatest Miracles are going to begin to happen. You're going to see young people. They're going to get out into the highways, the byways, and they're going to start preaching the gospel. They're not going to sugarcoat no more gospel. They're going to get out and they're going to lay hands on the demon possessed. They're going to lay hands on the drug users. They're going to lay uh, hands on those that are selling drugs and that has that murder spirit that all they want to do is look at you and shoot you. We're going to go out and we're going to see a great manifestation of the power of the living Christ that's going to come before Jesus comes back because there has to be a great awakening 
And this awakening is going to happen now in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. In the spirit, I see someone that uh, has parasites. And I see in the spirit right now that they're black worms that's crawling in you. What has happened, you've ate some raw or uh, not very cooked pork. And the pork has parasites in it. And the Lord said to take every day for the next 33 days to take a cup of olive oil with lemon juice in it and drink it every day for the next 33 days. And those parasites will be gone in the name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. We give you the praise and the glory. We thank you, Lord, tonight in Jeremiah thirty seventeen. For I will restore health to you and hear you of you, and I will heal of your wounds, says the Lord. There's somebody that has a heart condition. Your aorta is uh, abnormal. It's not normal. It's not functioning right. And God said tonight that he wants to heal that condition. In the name of Jesus, we give you the praise and the glory. Father, we thank you in Psalm 6, 2. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are troubled. Father, I thank you that that aorta that I see in the spirit right now, that that aorta has got a lot of fat around it. Uh, I don't know if you eat a fatty diet. I don't know what the, uh, the cause of it, but the aorta is abnormal. It's a uh, it's uh, fat on one side. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, I, I see that it's not proportion right. It's uh, kind of lopsided. And the Lord said he wants to heal you tonight in the name of Jesus. There's someone, uh, there's someone that has fallen by the wayside. In other words, you have backslidden and God it wants to touch and heal your body. Then you are experiencing uh, pain at this very moment. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you tonight. We thank you that you are making a way in this person's life, and we will give you the praise and the glory. We thank you tonight, Lord, that you're going to touch, and we rebuke this pain in Jesus' name. We rebuke this pain in Jesus' name, and Father, we will give you the praise and all the glory for it. In Hosea 6, 1, come, let us return to the Lord, for he has turned, for, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. And for those that may be suffering any kind of diseases in your body, let me remind you of the word in Isaiah 53, 5, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. For those who may be celebrating Thanksgiving uh, this uh, uh, this week, and we're going to be celebrating on Thursday, may God bless you and your family and have a safe traveling mercy to and from your home. If you're traveling by you know, talk about your vision on the airplane. Hey, you know, just tell them in a nonchalant way. Hey, you know, I'm believing God for this. I'm believing God for this. You know, I'm believing God 
for uh, this sustainable farm that I can uh, plant and have things. You know, just nonchalant open up. And when the door opens, tell them about what you want to do with your vision. The more people you tell, the more people will get on board. And the more people you don't tell, no more people will come on board. You see, the more you speak, why do you think God gave you a mouth? He gave you a mouthpiece. He wants you to use it for his glory. He wants you to use it for your vision. So the more you talk, the more they're going to hear. The more people are going to hear, more people are going to get on the bandwagon. More people are going to support you. More people are going to get behind you. More people are going to pray for you. You get the drift? They're going to pray for you. They're going to help you. They're going to expand your ministry. For those who may be, you know, I want to pray. I want you to pray for those who are less unfortunate and for those homeless that will have a, that are on the streets this holiday season. If you have extra, please help those in need. You see, I, I know about giving back. If we would just give back and help those, yeah, and, stretch, and and share the love of Jesus. I know I went over a little bit tonight, but the power of God's on me that I am I am I'm, I'm plugged into to the power of God into all heaven. In Matthew twenty five thirty five through forty, or when we saw we the sick. Okay, this scripture here is I quote this a lot. It, it, he was telling his disciples, "When I was sick, you didn't help me." When I was hungry, you didn't feed me. And they said, when did we see you hungry? When did we see you without food? When did we see you not having all these things? He said, when you do it unto the least of them, you've done it unto me. I'm talking about the homeless. I'm talking about this holiday. If you can help somebody just, you know, by giving them something, you know, some kind of food, you know, the homeless, they, they only have what they have on their back. You know, you know, be generous and help them. And, you know, I thank you for listening to me tonight. And I thank you that I hope that you will take what I have to say here about this vision and write it down and make it plain that a 12-year-old can understand. And some of you have children that are six and seven years old. Write it out that they can read it, and and if they can understand it, then go with it. Publish it. Broadcast it. Tell the world about it. more people you tell, the more people will get on the bandwagon. That's all I want to say tonight. God bless you, and may all of you have a happy and wonderful Thanksgiving. And remember to give God the grace and give God the gratitude for, you know, you wouldn't have none of this. If it wasn't for him, he died on Calvary that you could have everlasting life and have it more abundantly. Write your vision and make it plain that a 12-year-old child can understand it and then broadcast it on all the medium, on all the platforms that you can get your hands on, to TV, to radio, to everything. Share your vision that people will get on board with you. God bless you. Amen. Powerful word today. This is very inspiring and motivational. A right now word. We're live with evangelist Dr. Gregory Ellis. And um, for the archive, what title should we put on this tonight? 
write down your vision tonight? Write down your vision. Awesome. I'll be getting this up promptly in the archive. I'll send you a copy tonight. Um, Brother Gregory, do you have an email or a website you'd like to give out or other information where people uh, can I contact don't have you? A, I don't have a website at the moment. I did, but I, I like I said, I, I took down everything. I sold, when I went out of the ministry, I sold everything. I sold my tent. I sold all my equipment, all my office equipment, everything, and I went off of, of I don't have a, a website right now, but I'm working on another one. What about, uh, as um, they can, like I said. Email. Yeah. You have email? Uh, yeah, it's dr.gregory60 at gmail.com. Okay, dr, like doctor, period. Yeah, doctor, period, gregory60. Gregory60 at gmail.com? At gmail. Okay, does uh-huh. that... Does that also double as a PayPal? Uh, PayPal is, yes, that has PayPal on that. Doctor.Gregory60 at gmail.com. Okay. And right. um, they can also add you as a friend on Facebook? Yes. I have 5,000 friends. Well, I'm at 4,900 and something. I don't know what. Yeah. Oh, but I'm uh, on Instagram, too. Okay, that's great. I haven't worked on TikTok yet. TikTok is good too. Um, yeah, and YouTube. You know, oh sure. I do have a YouTube account. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Um, I want to thank you for coming on tonight. It was a powerful word, and um, I'll be back in touch with you. Let's get another date going soon. Um, okay, folks, please share this program with a friend. Powerful word tonight. And uh, would you like to close this program out in prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this night. And Father, I ask you to bless my brother, Shannon. Father, I thank you for bringing in finances that he can continue doing the work of God that you have instilled for him to do. Father, that to expand his ministry, to expand it worldwide. Father, I thank you. I know the enemy has been fighting him. I know that the devil and all the cohorts are coming against him, and I bind all of them in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask you to bless this, my brother. Bless him coming in and going out. And Father, we thank you for blessing all the people tonight in the name of Jesus. Multiply back the blessings to them. Father, those that sow into his ministry, let it be a thousandfold. Father, in the name of Jesus, let him give, 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 give. He needs, uh, I know that my brother lives by faith too. So, Father, I ask you tonight to bless my brother Davis. Bless him, Lord. I want you to bless him coming in and going out. And, Lord, expand his ministry. Expand it to the length that he will have to go on more days more times, and do what you told him to do in the name of Jesus. And we will give you the praise and all the glory for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. My friend, I received it. Thank you for that prayer. And uh, we love and appreciate you, Brother Gregory. It's an honor to know you. And I'm excited to be able to work with you. And we're definitely going to be getting him back on soon. Uh, Folks, please share this program with a friend tonight. It is time to write down your vision. Folks, tonight, and go forward for Jesus.
My friend, God richly bless you and your family and expand your ministry and territory. Thank you very much, my brother. Okay. Thank you, sir. Okay, bye-bye. Folks, that was Dr. Gregory Ellis. Okay. Um, If you're coming in this evening, we had uh, two programs earlier today. We had Dr. Ronald Miriam Cohen and Michael Basham. Those are already in the archive. Also, I have uh, two fresh reloaded broadcasts for you. And if you're not on my Substack list, I encourage you to sign up because that's how I'm communicating. Outside of the show, of course, uh, my mailing list is Substack. So if you'd like to uh, be on that for alerts, I just sent out a news alert. You can go to my website, omegamanradio.com. I encourage you to get on Substack. Also from there, you can uh, download the Podbean app and then follow our show, and that will get you the shows that you miss live. If you want to uh, be alerted when we go live, you can download the MixLR app and follow Mega Man Radio, and it will alert you when we're going on air. And then this just gives you the option to um, access the content if you want to. You can tune in or not. You can download or not, but you got that option, um, and you will not be in the dark. Our website, of course, OmegaManRadio.com. Don't forget that. That has everything that you need as it relates to following this program if you choose to. Father Yehovah, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for everybody out there tuned in this week. We ask that you bless all the listeners and speakers. We thank you for an opportunity to have Thanksgiving this week and thank you for what you've done in our lives, what you're going to do in the future. Surround us all with your warrior angels. Bless baby Jemima who turned two years old today. Lord, I turn 54 tomorrow. I ask that you give me 120. 120 years. Should you tarry, in Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) Folks, I'm not quitting. I'm going strong for Jesus as far and as long as I can. I hope he gives me and you 120. Amen. Give us the age of Moses. Folks, love you all. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time. God bless you.